to fit on a little music stand. My name is Joyce, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are going to continue to engage in the miracle of mercy. How many of you um, have one of these books and are in a group? That is awesome. Uh, we have sold over 125 books, which means that there's probably close to 200 people engaging in the Miracle of Mercy campaign. Uh, there's daily opportunity to reflect on God's word. And as a staff, we thought it would be fun um, just to kind of make this campaign a bit of fun to take some silly pictures of us reading the Miracle of Mercy verse and reflecting on it. So we, did, we took pictures. Um, and posted them on Facebook, and we would love for you to take pictures of perhaps your, the place where you like to, your favorite place to reflect on God's word. Send it in to us, and uh, we, would like to we would love to keep the Miracle of Mercy campaign going, encouraging each other to dig deeper and deeper into what um, God wants us to discover through this campaign. So please uh, send us email or send us a picture of you reflecting on the miracle of mercy. That would be awesome. As I said in uh, the prayer this morning, we are looking at um, we are looking at Jesus' statement. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He taught them to pray with the words of Matthew 6, verse 12. If we could have those, that would be fantastic. Where Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. How many of you woke up this morning saying, Yes, I am forgiven. I feel forgiven. Anyone? Does anybody ever wake up saying, I feel guilty? Don't show me your hands. But often we hear about people saying, I just feel guilty. But possibly the most amazing truth that we have as Christians is that we are forgiven people. So because we're forgiven, why don't we feel more forgiven? We're going to look at that this morning. We're using the definition of mercy that we're, we've looked at over the last three weeks, that mercy is undeserved forgiveness and unearned, unearned kindness. And today we're looking at the two different parts of mercy, being that mercy means that God forgives me, and that we need to forgive others. But let's look at and explore what it means that God forgives me. Isn't this the best news ever? Isn't it um, an amazing gift that we have been forgiven? And one of, part of the truth as we kind of dissect what it means, what mercy means when we say God forgives me, is the truth that God wants to forgive me. Can you imagine that? Because of God's great love for us, he wants to forgive you. God loves to forgive you. Nehemiah 9 verse 17 says, you are a God of faithfulness, always ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to become anger, and full of love and mercy. 
Micah 7 verse 18 says, You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Imagine God delights to show mercy. What do you delight in? What brings you delight? I am delighted when I can sit near water, the sun is shining, I have a good book or a good friend. Those sorts of things bring me delight. When, this, when I feel the sun, it's like I feel the intensity of God's love. I just love to sit in the sun with a good book or a good friend. I find delight in that. This week I had the opportunity to walk uh, near Wyerton to shuffle my feet through leaves and hear the crunch in the crisp air. I got to walk with a good friend and I delighted in the beautiful oranges and yellows and reds and then the crunch of the leaves under my feet. I delighted so much that I took pictures of that event. Can you imagine if God had a phone and he would snap a picture of, of forgiving you and say, hey angels, check it out. I got to forgive this person. God's fridge is covered with pictures of opportunities to forgive you, to forgive me. God's Facebook posts are just like repeated posts of forgiving us. Isn't that amazing? So we have a God who forgives us, a God who wants to, who delights in forgiving us. Because of his great love, he delights to forgive us. And God freely forgives us. Let's check out what Romans 3, 23 to 24 say. All have sinned, yet now God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus, who freely takes away our sins. Jesus Christ freely forgives our sins. Our forgiveness isn't something we can ever earn. It's nothing we can work hard to get. It's free. God not only delights in forgiving us, he lets us have this forgiveness, this amazing gift, this amazing freedom for free. As a Dutch person, that is just overwhelms me. <laughs> free! It's the greatest gift. But I don't know about you, but at times, I just find it hard to believe. Because I don't deserve it. I haven't worked for it. Doesn't God remember the lousy things, the mean things I've done? Sometimes it's just easier to feel guilty than forgiven. And maybe you're in that position today. Maybe you're thinking, man, if these nice church people knew the things that I did. 
So just so that all of us know that even though we dress up and look pretty nice for church, we're not all good church people, what do you think of engaging in five-minute sharing with your neighbor how you don't really deserve God's grace? I won't really make you do that. But if you feel alone and feeling undeserving of God's grace, by the laughter you can know that there's other people who have felt that way. God's gift of forgiveness to us is free. It's free to us. But for Jesus Christ, it was incredibly costly. It cost him his life. And even though it cost Jesus Christ his life, his father still delights in giving us forgiveness. He still gives it freely to us. This is what God does for us. He takes our shame and he takes our guilt and he takes our fear and he replaces them with peace and grace and love. That's what God does because God is merciful. That's the freedom he gives to you and to me. So enjoy that freedom. And part of feeling, part of enjoying the forgiveness that God gives is just basking in that goodness. So God not only delights in forgiving us, God not only freely forgives us, he also immediately forgives us. Let's check out Isaiah 55, verse 7. God is merciful and quick to forgive. Sometimes we feel guilt, don't we? It's kind of like one of those flashing um, symbols on our dashboard. A couple weeks ago, I drove my son to high school in London, and then as I was, I had to stop for Tim Horton's coffee, and as I was leaving Tim Horton's, I noticed there was this exclamation flashing on my dashboard. And I thought, oh man, what does that mean? So I pulled over, got in my owner's manual, and, and it said that there was a problem with my air pressure. So I checked out my tire, and it was getting flat. So I was, um, felt very blessed that it was close to a uh, repair shop, so I brought um, my uh, Honda in, and they discovered I had driven over a screw, and there was a screw in my tire. And I was so grateful for that flashing light because it said, Joyce, there's a problem. You got to do something. And that's what guilt is. Flash, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. You need to ask me for forgiveness. God doesn't want us to dwell with a flashing light of guilt. He wants us to look at it and take care of it. God wants to be quick to forgive us. He wants to forgive us immediately. And God completely forgives us. Let's check out Colossians 2, 13 to 14. Where it says, God forgave all our sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. Sometimes we like to file and keep things, don't we? But God takes our sins and he says, 
he not only discards them, forgives us immediately and fully and completely and delights to do that, he just totally forgives us. He takes the record of our sin and he shreds it. And then he incinerates it and then he automatizes it so there was no evidence that it was ever there. God just wants to complete, he doesn't keep records. It's been destroyed, it's been nailed to the cross. Let's check out what Micah 7 verse 19 says. You have mercy on us again. You will conquer our sins. You will throw away all our sins into the deepest part of the sea. Do we have any deep sea divers here? Awesome. In ancient times, uh, um, people were very afraid of the sea. The deepest depths of the sea were places that no one ever imagined going. So throwing our sins into the deepest depths of the sea was making them completely vanish. Let's check out James 2, verse 13, where it says that mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. We know that we have a God who is both just and a God who is loving, right? And we often think that his forgiveness of us comes out of that loving part. But this verse reminds us that mercy trumps, mercy that forgives, mercy that gives us the freedom of forgiveness always trumps God's judgment. Isn't that amazing? We have a God who delights in forgiving us. We have a God who completely forgives us, who immediately forgives us, and what was point number two? Freely forgives us. That's awesome. So that's the great part, and wouldn't it just to feel all warm and fuzzy now, knowing that God completely and totally and delights to forgive you, wouldn't it be nice just to go home now or just to go enjoy some soup now? (laughs) But there's another part of that prayer, wasn't there? Another part of the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray, but not only to pray to live. God, forgive our sins. And we know God does that. But forgive us as we have forgiven other people. And that's the tough part, isn't it? There's, uh, there's some true and false questions on your handout that I think are all also going to be on the, on the screen. So the first question is, if you, have an op- if you have something to write with, are they gonna, okay, awesome. So tell me if this is true or false. A person should not be forgiven until he or she asks for it. False. You guys are so bright. (laughs) True or false, you haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. True or false? False. How about this one? Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and the pain caused. How about forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting the relationship? Sometimes, but not other times. It's also false. 
And the last question, I bet you you know the answer even before it's read, or even before. um, When I see someone hurt, it's my duty to forgive the offender. That's false. Unless, Unless we have been offended, it's not our duty to forgive everyone. That's God's job. So there's some of these, if you look at these statements, There's probably some time in your life where you might have thought that they were true. But all of them are false. It's true that forgiveness is not conditional. Ephesians 4.32 says, Forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tall order. Forgiving each other as Christ forgave us. Every once in a while, we read a story of an incredible act of forgiveness. And I hope um, you'll bear with me while I read you a classic story of forgiveness. It comes from an old book called The Hiding Place. Corrie ten Boom was a... Um, a woman living in the Netherlands during the Second World War, and she and her family hid Jewish people in their home. Has anybody ever been to her place in Harlem, the Netherlands? It's pretty cool. My daughter recently uh, went on a trip to Europe, and uh, she said that was one of the highlights. It it was an amazing time. So Corey was caught. Corey and her family were caught hiding Uh, Jewish families in their home, and they were taken to a um, concentration camp where Corey's sister died. And after um, she was freed from this concentration camp, I don't know if she was freed by Canadian soldiers or not, but I know that uh, growing up I was taught to hold Canadians in high esteem because of the amazing thing that Canadians had done in freeing the Netherlands. But Corey was freed from this concentration camp and she made it her life's work after that to minister to those who were so brutally hurt by this war. And she also went and talked in various places, including Germany, to talk about God's forgiveness, and this is what she wrote. She said, It was at a church in Munich that I saw him. The former SS man who stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time. And suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain-blanched face. He came up to me as the church was emptying, beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, Froline, he said. To think that, as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often to the people 
of Blumendahl, the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ died for this man, and I was going to ask for more. Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. While into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not our forgiveness any more than our goodness that the world's healing hinges on, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemy, he gives, along with the command, the love itself. She goes on to say how much it took to love in post-war Europe. Forgiveness is not conditional. We are to forgive others as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ has forgiven us. Miroslav Wolf, who is a theologian who is Croatian and who grew up in the Baltic region during all the conflict, wrote in his book, Free of Charge, that Forgiveness is given before it is felt. If you don't do it, if you don't forgive, you will never feel it. If you wait to feel before you do it, you will never do it. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's an action. Forgiveness is not an emotion, it is an act of the will. But God gives us the strength out of the abundance, out of the freeness, out of the completeness, out of the delight in the forgiveness that we experience. He gives us the strength to forgive. The other thing that forgiveness is not is forgiveness is not, is not forgetting. The adage forgive and forget is not in the Bible. We need to acknowledge a wrong. We need to name it and condemn it. Paul himself, who in my last point, tells us to forgive as quickly and thoroughly as we have forgiven, also has this other verse in his guidance to Timothy. He says to Timothy and to us, Alexander, the metal worker, did give me a great, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him, because he strongly opposes our message. 
Paul had Paul who is ad, has just admonished us to follow God's pattern of forgiveness tells us there's times there's times where we need to be cautious there's times where people who have done harm need not to that harm needs not to be forgotten and the third po- point forgiveness is not trusting paul is telling timothy and others don't trust this guy he's done a lot of harm you need to be cautious be on guard be careful not to trust again forgiveness is immediate but trusting takes time. It has to be earned. There are cases where you need to forgive people, but you should absolutely not trust them to be back in your life because of the way that they have hurt you or the way that they have hurt hurt others. We were learning this morning that mercy means that God's forgiven us and that we're called to forgiveness. Mercy is an act of God's love. Chris talked in two sermons ago about how mercy is love in action. You know what? That was actually in our small groups the first week. That mercy is love in action. So if there's someone in your life who is assaulting you, harming you in any way, It is not the loving thing to do to say, ah, don't worry about it. Because it's not a loving thing to do to let someone harm themselves, harm you, harm others. While we forgive, we forgive the act, we give that back to God, we also need to do the loving act of of seeking justice in that situation so that there's no more harm. We're called to love and forgive completely, to give those those sins against us to God, because it's not our place to judge. So forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not trusting. But forgiveness is most definitely and totally releasing to God. Forgiveness is the greatest gift. We have a God who delights to heap forgiveness on us. We have a God who has a fridge plastered with moments of forgiveness that he's delighted in, where he has forgiven us completely, totally, quickly, immediately. It's gone. It's annihilated. That thing you've done is gone. And we have a God who loves us so much. He wants to free us of those burdens, those burdens we carry when we have difficulty forgiving other people. He wants to free us of that. He wants us not to forget and to be careful to trust again, but to release. To release that act to God. completely 
lost my place. Okay, there we go. All right. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free. The simple truth is forgiveness is not something you do. It's something that God has done. Forgiveness is not a gift that you give. It's a gift that God has given that you just pass on to someone else. And once we recognize that forgiveness is not about us, that it's about God from the beginning to the end, that's an amazing truth to hang on to. That's a truth that gives us freedom. Let's look at Colossians 3, verse 13 again, where the Bible says, remember, building on Jesus' words, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That verse is what we've just done, the process we've just been through this morning. We've, remem rem we've remembered together that God forgave you, that God forgave us. And we've talked about forgiving others. These two are linked. I can't forgive others without knowing that God has forgiven me. And once I know that God has forgiven me, I can't help but to begin to forgive others. Those two are linked. Let's come to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for forgiving all of us. Dear God, during this week, help me to recognize the truth of your forgiveness as I walk through my days and feel the joy of your forgiveness. Help me to enjoy, to delight in the fact that you have forgiven me, that you have given me permission to be forgiven, to be released. Thank you for, for delighting in forgiving me, for completely forgiving me, for immediately forgiving me. And help me to give permission to feel your forgiveness, to enjoy your forgiveness. God, there's probably someone on our hearts that we need to forgive. So right now, God, we release that to you. We release to you the need for vengeance. And we ask you to give us the freedom that we can have in forgiving others. Some of us, for some of us, that would be is easier than others, God. But we know that you will be with us. You will give us the strength we need to receive your forgiveness and to forgive others. We thank you, God, for this amazing gift given through your Son's death on the cross. We praise you, God. Amen.